Hey, everyone, and welcome to the State of the Art Podcast with me, your host, Ethan Appleby. I'm very excited to bring you along as I dive into conversations with amazing people who are at the intersection of art and technology. Each week, you'll hear a different angle about how tech is bringing radical change in the way all of us interact with art. We have on artists to first-time collectors, as well as CEOs from some of the top digital art companies. We'll also look at the effects social media sites and crowdsourcing platforms are having on the art world and explore how other creative industries, such as music and fashion, were democratized using technology. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Bango. If you're looking to spruce up your space and add inspiration to your home or office, there's no better way than original art. And Bango is changing the way we discover art from some of the best emerging artists. So visit bangoart.com or download the Bango app on iTunes and use promo code State of the Art to get 15% off your first purchase. Now, in this episode, I'm excited to welcome the VP of Data and Operations at Patreon, Carlos Cabrera. Carlos is a structural engineer with an MBA who also happens to be a drummer. In fact, he first met the founder of Patreon, Jack Conti, when they played together in the band Pomplamoose. Patreon is a platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. That sounds good. It's an easy way to have your fans support your work so that you can create more and in return, they get credit or access to bonus material. Today, I talked to Carlos about why ad-supported content like YouTube is a broken model for creators, what it takes to be a successful creator on Patreon, and how they overcame community backlash when they announced a change in their pricing model. You won't hear this insight anywhere else. So please, allow me to welcome today's guest, Carlos Cabrera. Carlos, it's great to have you on the State of the Art Podcast. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Cool. Yeah, you had a, a huge uh, two-block two block walk to get here. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what, what, is, what is Patreon? What's the story? You, you were just kind of getting into that. Like what you guys were out pitching recently and you're saying it was fun to tell the story. What is the Patreon story? Yeah. The, well, so Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. And it started uh, with Jack who is a musician and a YouTuber. Uh, and Jack had his own YouTube channel, uh, Jack Conti, and he also had a band called Pomplamoose. Um, and Pomplamoose was... What, how, what does that mean? Like, it means it? grapefruit in French. Okay. Uh, and they just thought the word sounded cool. It sounds really cool. Yeah. And um, Pomplamoose is doing pretty well. They're getting like, millions of views on their videos, and they had over 250,000 subscribers, I think wow. it was. And so for a YouTube band at the time, that was actually like, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I, it just, that that band wasn't making as much money as it really should have. Something felt weird and broken. Yeah. Um, the, the tipping point for Jack was when he put a whole bunch of time and effort into recording a new video called Pedals. It was robots playing musical instruments. Okay. And he got this three, this animatronic head like a robot to sing yeah. along to the songs and this 3D printed hexapod that would like play a launch pad. And he, he spent like thirty or $40,000 making this video. Yeah. And it got like over a million views. And then he checked the YouTube earnings dashboard and it was like $70 or something. Wow. Um, in ad revenue. 
uh, and you know, like people just stopped buying MP3s really over time. Yeah. And then the checks from Spotify are like nothing. It was like 30 bucks a month. Or something. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Cause you can like a concert that you'd go to, if you had a million people there, I mean, that's there, the there is no concert where there's a million people, but like yeah. if you played, you know, several kinds of, like you'd make a lot of money off yeah. of that. A lot of the fans really liked the band and, uh, and liked Jack. And Jack thought, gosh, if I could just like ask these fans for their credit card number and they all <laughs> gave me a buck, yeah, I would make so much money. <laughs> uh, and so that's, uh, that's sort of how Patreon was born. Um, yeah, it, it was a convenient way for artists to make money on a recurring basis mm -hmm. from their fans. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. What, um, I mean, and why, why is it that you think the, the model is broken? Yeah. As you said, like, what was it just that these Spotify and YouTube are just like ripping people off? Is that kind of yeah. what it is? Or, uh, well, so one thing about it is I think, let's say you have 30,000 fans and you make something like web comics yeah. or a podcast. Yeah. Uh, advertising revenue, it's just not going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this. um, uh, yeah. If you have 20 or 30,000 fans coming to your, uh spotify page or coming to your website and checking out your stuff the ad revenue off that is just like not yeah. gonna pay the bills um but at, but if uh if you could start a patreon page and get like a thousand of them to become your patrons yeah uh, and the average pledge on patreon is like seven dollars a month or something now you're making seven thousand dollars a month 12 i think it was 12 so 12 is the average uh is the average total payment per patron that's okay. how much a patron spends in total on you patreon. take a percentage and then uh, they get seven we take five percent so uh i think the, the real thing the real difference there is that many patrons support multiple creators got it okay so yeah if if you uh if you had thirty thousand fans you got one thousand of them to become your patron now you're making seven grand a month yeah instead of like 50 bucks a month off the advertising i, I guess <laughs> my, my question is like is is, yeah. is youtube getting and let's just use that number seven grand yeah from advertisers and then only giving the creator thirty dollars or are they also getting less do you know I mean, yeah you know i uh i'm not an expert in how youtube's arrangements work on the advertising end um okay i'm, I'm just yeah. curious if it was like yeah yeah my general experience with with advertising though is that it works great if you have lots of views mm -hmm. uh so like the people at the top it works out awesome mm -hmm. um and then for people who get 30 or forty thousand views of video uh, you're just not really going to be able to pay the bills with that yeah all right so that's the story of how patreon got started but like but I mean, let's talk about you. Like you have a connection yeah. to Jack and how you guys met and how you got involved yeah. in all this. And yeah. So Jack and I were freshmen at Stanford together. And my first quarter of freshman year, Jack came to a performance where I was playing the drums. Yeah. Uh, and he came up to me afterwards and said, hey, you uh, would you like to play in a band together? Yeah. So we started playing in a band. Um, and is it is a Japanese Tiako? Taiko. Taiko. Taiko was a uh, was the it's the style. It's the yeah. genre, it's the kind of music I was playing at the time. Um, but I was in all kinds of other bands like jazz yeah. bands and rock bands. And um, so Jack and his friend Ryan Lerman and I uh, started a little incubus cover band. Um, oh, and nice. uh, and then we just kept playing music together. And then Natalie, who's Jack's wife uh, now, came to Stanford a few years later. They started Pomplamoose there after that. Um, I played drums in Pomplamoose, so yeah. Pomplamoose did um, a few tours, and I played. I got to play on all the tours we did 
a, a few like one live album in a studio and i played drums on that um so i, I found yeah. a picture of the two of you freshman year really yeah it's 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 hilarious <laughs> jack has long hair yeah i'm really even long. skinnier yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i'm definitely gonna post it it's great oh cool yeah um yeah so i i played music with jack a bunch and then uh when he was starting patreon i was starting business school and uh i decided to go to go to stanford business school it seemed like a cool fun thing to do yeah um and then after i finished b school i it was pretty soon after that that i joined patreon full-time okay and you and now you're you're heading up data and operations yeah yeah and you're a hundred people yeah we're about a hundred folks right now that's yeah. good but we're growing really fast. fast after closing the series c we just are hiring as fast as we can yeah yeah um yeah, I hear 150 people. It's kind of like that magic mark when like you don't know everyone's name. Yep. So you'll probably be there by, you know, March or April. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Talk to me about the difference between, you know, maybe a Kickstarter and Indiegogo and Patreon. Yeah. Um, well, one big difference is recurring funding. Yeah. Uh, like Kickstarter, I, I think a lot of the successful campaigns on Kickstarter are for selling a thing. Sure. Like here's this cool new skateboard that is like, I know rocket powered or a new yeah. hoverboard or something like um for one time projects uh it's kickstarter's great yeah um and it's sort of like pre-sales in, in a lot of people use it for that purpose at least um or if you're a musician like it's pretty common to use a kickstarter or indiegogo to raise money to record an album or something yeah. like that um and uh kickstarter and indiegogo in other cases often feel we use the term crowdfunding, uh, where crowdfunding means you're like asking people for money yeah. uh, to like support a cause or it's like pre-sales for an item. Because um, you don't like that word at Patreon. Yeah, not really. Crowd, yeah. I, I think like, well. Um, I read a couple of posts where yeah. it's like clear. Yeah, I think one one of the negative uh, associations that people have with crowdfunding is charity. And in many cases, like it doesn't, uh, that's not really what, artists want yeah they don't want like people's handouts or charity some people call it e-begging um e-begging wow yeah, that's it, a like, new one it does that doesn't feel very good yeah um what does feel good is building a business like a subscription revenue company yeah um where you can sell people stuff of value <laughs> and uh and so a lot of folks use patreon for that um and i think like uh, a more natural comparison to draw is with a service like Spotify or Netflix. Um, with Spotify or Netflix, you pay a company, you know, a certain amount of money per month, and in exchange, you get access to a catalog of content. Yeah. Well, let's say you make content and you want to build a subscription service to your content, just like Spotify or Netflix, but you want the money to go to you. That's what Patreon's for. Patreon's like build your own Netflix, but for or your Spotify, content. Yeah. yeah. And of course, like you end up taking home way more of the money. If yeah. you do it through a, through a Patreon page, then you would on like Spotify, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I like that analogy. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So, yeah. and then it, it supports you to continue, you know, creating music, well, whatever it is, your craft. Yeah. People just use it to fund a business. So yeah. it's a revenue stream for a creative company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and this is like, cause I'm kind of geeking out here, but was there also yeah. any, uh, anything with like the sec that changed that made it possible because i know they've done a lot to change sort of crowdfunding early investing or 
Yeah, there have been some changes in the regulations around equity crowdfunding, okay. which is where people literally own shares in your business. Yeah, um, so that, that hasn't affected you one way or another. We don't do equity crowdfunding. Yeah. Indiegogo has uh, got into that business a little bit. Uh, I don't know how that's working out for them. But um, yeah, uh, the way Patreon works, um, your patrons don't own part of your business. Yeah, uh, they, they just they like you and they're they get your content. Yeah, yeah. So the, you're a drummer, mm -hmm. you were in a band, um, or you are in a band. So you've used it. Like, what was it like for you before and after Patreon? Do you actively use it or? Yeah. Yeah. I use Patreon for my own stuff too. Yeah. I have a YouTube channel. I, I do like bad drum tutorial videos, okay. and record covers and stuff like that. Um, I think, uh, Patreon ends up just being like for folks who, have earned a certain amount of money off advertising and like other other revenue streams. Patreon ends up being like fifty to a hundred times that amount yeah. for many folks. Wow! Um, and uh, and that's it ends an up that's an amazing number. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it ends up being like much more reliable. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I think what people experience when they when they launch on Patreon is making more money. Yeah. Um, and having more, uh, having a reliable source of income so that you can then choose to invest in stuff. Like you can hire somebody, uh, to help you out, yeah. um, or you can buy equipment and feel confident that, uh, you can finance that, that purchase sure. with the, with the recurring income. So do you yeah. think like, are people quitting their jobs or people is, is the content getting better? Is there are more creators like well, I don't know what what would you see like has come as an artist that's used it or other like seeing yeah. other artists on the platform yeah oh my gosh the stories are the best like, yeah people um who have jobs they hate yeah uh, quit their jobs and do what they love um I think it's Taylor Ray Holbrook who I met recently who's a country uh musician in Nashville right now uh, I think it was he was in like in the Carolinas somewhere as a working as a lumberjack. Um, he had gotten a guitar um, and his friends had said he had a great voice and he recorded a song posted on Vine. It went viral. Uh, and then he started a Patreon page and found that he was making like, I don't know, it was like tens of thousands of dollars uh, a month on Patreon uh, or per song Wow, on Patreon. So he was able to quit the lumberjack job yeah. that he didn't like, move to Nashville, hire his mom to like, help him run the business. And now he's like doing what he loves full time, making way more money than he was doing as as a lumberjack. As a lumberjack. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's really cool to see that happen. Also, like there are there are a lot of folks who like um, if they're in college, they need a summer internship. Then instead of getting a job at like Starbucks or something, um, you can start a Patreon page and start you know doing your thing, whatever yeah. it is that you like to do, recording podcasts, making. Uh, recipes, writing short stories, whatever it is. Um, yeah. You make more money, you run your own business. Uh, it's it's just a cooler form of entrepreneurship that that is like a lot more fun for folks and really fulfilling. Yeah. And so there are like tens of thousands of people who do that. Um, it's cool. Sometimes we think of Patreon as like a way, it, we're like creating jobs in a way. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to frame it that way, but uh, yeah, folks are able to like have this as a job. Which it's is really cool. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, and very motivating. And I want to come back later to how people are starting to use it or, or the different ways people are using it. Yeah. Um, 
what so i read um you guys recently raised congratulations and yeah and, and in that there was a number that was thrown out which is that you were going to do 150 million raise 150 million dollars for creators yeah and i think the number was it five thousand or ten thousand creators how many creators was it uh i don't it's know a you lot. can't say it's a lot <laughs> yeah. fine so what uh what's like what does that curve look like in terms of the 150 million and yeah. like you know the whole like eighty twenty rule. Like, does that apply? Uh, yeah. Um, so one hundred fifty million was our goal for okay. sending that much money to artists in twenty seventeen. Yeah, we've been around since twenty thirteen. Yeah, sorry. I in, the last, in the year twenty seventeen, last year yeah, we wanted to send one hundred fifty million. Yeah, uh, and we crushed that and yeah. exceeded that. Um, and uh, and our goals. I think you've been asking, like, what does the growth look like and what does that curve look like? Uh, it's exponential, which is why investors like Patreon yeah. so much, why we got a good deal and could raise it on our terms. Uh, yeah. Um, but I guess, I guess what I'm like, not even just the growth, but like yeah. the percentage, you know, is it like one artist is getting $140 million and oh, yeah. then like 9,000 are getting like the yeah. last million yeah. or? I think uh, so. The 80 20 rule that you mentioned yeah. is that. Uh, 20% of your customer base will represent 80% of the value. Yeah. This is actually true on a creator uh, for each creator uh, on Patreon. Like in, in most cases, um, like uh, the patrons that people have are like a small fraction of their total fan base. Yeah. But the patrons represent like 95% oh, of their income. Wow. Uh, so the same in this, the same thing that happens on uh, on the creator by creator basis. Um, yes, it happens on Patreon too. We have uh, uh, some creators who make fifty bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month, and yeah. some some creators who are making millions of dollars a year on Patreon. Um, fortunately, uh, like our metric at Patreon, one of our North Star metrics, um, like, well, uh, we want a lot of artists to make a lot of money. Yeah, that's what we want, um, and so. Uh, one of the metrics that we track is the number of thousand dollar creators, the people who are making a thousand bucks a month or more. And our goal is to make that as high as possible. Interesting. Uh, okay. So, so like you, you say a thousand dollars. Yeah. You measure like people making more than a thousand and thousand bucks after a month. that, whether yeah. it's a thousand or 10,000, you don't really care, but well, I mean, we care. Yeah, you care. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah. But, um, but thousand bucks a month is what we think of as like, we want people, people to make a meaningful, like large amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and we want a lot of people to do that. Yeah. Um, and that comes through, like part of that is um, launching creators who are big uh, and, and like serving creators who are big. But another part of that is helping people uh, across the spectrum make more money. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's like everything. Uh, yeah, a lot of the tools that we build on Patreon are useful to people of all earnings levels. Yeah. So like if we build a better mobile checkout flow that increases the mobile uh, pledge conversion rate by 50%, like everybody wins, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we try, we try and build tools that help creators make more and more money over time. That's like basically the point of yeah. Patreon. Uh, I mean, a thousand dollars, I was like, yeah. I guess it's a bit of like an... Well, is it not an arbitrary number? I mean, you probably like three thousand or four thousand would be like. It's it's really arbitrary. So yeah, like, it it depends on what country you're in. Uh, it oh, depends on your own personal earning standards. Yeah. For some folks, a hundred bucks a month is heck. Yeah, I'm so pumped. This yeah. is awesome. Uh, for some folks, five thousand dollars a month is like you know I'm just not that interested. That's yeah. not big enough for for me to pay attention. 
Um, and so uh, it's it's totally arbitrary and really like the whole spectrum matters to us. Yeah. Uh, so we pay attention to the whole thing. That's just like one convenient metric that we sometimes use. Yeah. So what, what makes an artist successful on Patreon? Or like... <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like asking what makes a business successful. successful? Okay. Um, and so uh, I, I think... I mean, there's um, some like blogs out there on this. And, yeah. Like, um, you guys have probably seen... Yeah certain things that people you know i don't know like, yeah. i mean it's like oh post a video and you increase your chance of yeah. this i mean yeah. are there yeah so um successful if you define successful as like making a lot of money yeah uh, which it then, seems like you guys do <laughs> uh well um i i actually think of it as uh achieving as much of your potential as you can oh because okay. um, like somebody who's making like a thousand bucks a month as I said, like for some people, that's amazing. They're crushing it. They're knocking out of the park. Yeah. And there are some people where if they launched on Patreon and made a thousand bucks a month, they'd be really disappointed. Yeah. Um, what I, what I hope is that, uh, we find a way to maximize every creator's earnings potential on Patreon. Um, and some of the ways, uh, but so on an absolute basis, what, what helps people make a lot of money is having a lot of patrons. Uh, the way to get a lot of patrons is to have a lot of fans to convert those fans into patrons and to get those patrons to pay a lot of money. Um, so like, how do you have a lot of fans? Well, uh, so a fan <laughs> is someone who doesn't pay money. Fan is somebody who like, likes your likes, work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, typically artists build a fan base by making good stuff and by releasing it on a regular basis and by marketing it well. Mm -hmm. Um, so we typically find that successful artists make good stuff and they release it on a regular basis and they talk to their fans about it. Okay. Um, yeah. So those, those last two are like things that like you can give to. I mean, the first one yeah. could be like difficult for right. some people, but yeah. you yeah. say to someone, connect with your audience. Yeah. And and post regularly or create exactly. regularly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another key thing that's how you build a fan base. Yeah. If you want to convert fans into paying customers, yeah. so if you want to get them to be your patron, yeah. Um, then uh, some of the most effective. Basically, you just have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the most effective ways to ask is by uh, placing a link to your Patreon page in the content itself. So if you make a podcast, you can talk about Patreon in the podcast. Um, if you are a photographer, then you can like put a little Patreon link in the photo. Uh, a lot of people read stuff that's in a photograph sure. as opposed to like in notes beneath it. Um, or if you make a web comic, you can like do a web comic about your Patreon page or something like that. Um, Interesting. So like literally, weave. I was thinking like posting it somewhere, but you know, you're like literally like weaving it into weave it the into the content because yeah. that's where your fans are anyway. Yeah. They're like listening to your podcast or they're watching your YouTube video. If you put the Patreon push in that content, then it's more likely that a, that a fan will see it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that uh, increases conversion uh, is to have some benefits for people. Like, yeah. why should I become a patron? Um, and uh, that really varies from person to person. For for some artists, uh, it's very clear that like if you become a patron, then you get some content. Um, like Chapo Trap House is a really successful podcast. Um, they make some free podcasts. And then uh, there are some exclusive ones. And you have to be a patron to hear that podcast. It costs five bucks a month to get the podcast yeah so that's a very clear benefit it costs you five bucks a month you get the podcast um for other folks they uh what what can be effective is weaving in like this uh what your 
patronage does. Uh, so like if, uh, like it's it'd be because like, of this like your ten dollars yeah. buys me like two seconds of the next video I make or something. Yeah. So or hey, I recorded this album because I had this patronage. Yeah. So to all my patrons, thank you. Like you made this possible. Yeah. That, that's like a cool benefit for patrons. And then another classic one is public recognition. So this is like age old, time tested patron psychology, and that is like. If you are if you're going to be a patron of the arts and you're going to sponsor a symphony, then put the patron's name in the libretto, like right there yep. on on the on the paper. Or if you walk into the MoMA and on the left, there's the wall of plaques of donors who have supported the, yeah. the Museum of Modern Art. Like, boom, it's right there. Or if you walk into the theater and somebody's name is on the seat or if you walk into the benefit dinner and their name is on the table. Well, the same psychology applies to like modern day patronage. Yeah. So. A lot of people say, like, get your name in the credits. If you just put a patron's name in the credits of your YouTube yeah. video, like, that's super compelling. People love that. Or if somebody getting gets their Isn't name that crazy, on the album, it's so easy to do. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's a so piece easy. of cake. It like yeah, you just take all the patron names and you like print them on the album yeah. cover, or you just like run the credits and you include all the patrons' names. Um, that's a super effective way. It's a it's a simple benefit that you can give to patrons that like makes it worth it for them to become a patron yeah um those are really good i mean that's actionable that's good yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh I, and it made me also think i probably should ask this earlier but i mean I, the name patreon yeah i mean it's such a great name but like how did that come about like obviously like patron and then yeah i mean that's it it's that's like it patron of the arts but like sounds kind of tech and futuristic and okay. modern so it became it's just patreon. like just yeah. yeah, we did not hire some like fancy branding firm to help. Yeah. Us. It was just Jack and Sam, and they got in a room together with a Google sheet, and they're like uh, patron. They patron. just made a list of a bunch of names and picked one. Yeah. What about so let's let's a couple of things like one. I mean, you're you're the head of data and operations, so yeah. on the data side of things, I mean, how does data play a part of like you know patron success or like what do you give them data? Yeah. Um, again, like I was reading with your raise, how you guys had like dashboards for everything that impressed your investors. Yeah. Like so yeah. much. Do you have dashboards for, for patients? Oh gosh, I love this. So I, this is something I talk about a lot. My general rule of thumb is like Patreon as a company is really similar to a creator as a, as a company. Okay. So because our forms of revenue are very similar. Um, well, because our our income is literally tied directly to artist income. The more artists make, the more Patreon makes. Yeah. Um, and it's in exactly the same form. So any dashboard that's useful for Patreon as a company, yeah. as a general rule, we try and also make it available to creators. Um, and there are some that I'd really love to see someday. Um, what are those? Yeah. So like one uh, that's very helpful for for a subscription or recurring revenue business is cohort-based retention charts. Okay. Uh, and a cohort is um, usually grouped by month. It, it has like the total number of users that your business acquired in any given month. And then uh, those, that's like the left column. And then the, the columns moving from left to right are how much money came from those customers over time. So any particular row means like when this group of people joined your, your bit company, they spent X dollars. And then over time, you can see how that dollar amount evolves. Uh, 
any recurring revenue business should know and understand and love cohort-based retention charts. Yeah. Um, and do creators? No, well, okay. So here's the thing. Um, we haven't built one yet because they're also, we haven't built one for creators that you can see in the dashboard because it's also just freaking complicated. Like, yeah, uh, there are so many rows and so many columns that it's hard to know. Like, it's hard to understand. That's your job, man. That's why you can pay the I know. big bucks. Though. You I gotta, know. You got to take okay. that data and make it simple yeah. for them to. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for us to someday build that stuff. We're, we're actually still like what we need to offer to creators is a lot more of the basics, like um, uh, a distribution of your income by payment amount. Uh, this would this would, for example, reveal the 80-20 effect yeah. on a creator by creator basis, because I think, like, as I said, most creators, if they could log into their dashboard and realize like, oh, 95 percent of my income comes from patrons who spend five dollars or more then I yeah. think they would like, start paying attention to trying to get big patrons, yeah. uh, you know, or at least, at least be aware, at least understand um, the contribution that patrons at different uh, levels make. There, there isn't necessarily a, a right or wrong like, action to take based on that. Yeah. Um, but to at least be aware of that distribution, I think would be really helpful. Now, for all of you listeners who are looking to replace your boring Ikea poster or add another piece to your collection, Bango can help. Bango's revolutionizing the way we discover art. They use machine learning to recommend art that you'll like, augmented reality to let you visualize that art above your couch, and live chats that you text directly with designers, all from your iPhone. They made finding my first piece fun and easy. So don't wait. Visit bangoart.com or download the app on iTunes and use the promo code state of the art for 15% off your first purchase. Now, back to the episode. You talk about, you know, super fans. Yeah. What, you know, what's a super fan and then, you know, I mean, I guess the data helps tell that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um so one way to think about it is patrons are super fans yeah um if you have like fifty thousand fans and a thousand patrons well those are one thousand patrons are your super fans <laughs> uh and then within your patron base there are super patrons yeah um and so like there are patrons who spend thousands of dollars a month on patreon uh and um yeah if if you can uh well, that's one nice thing about Patreon is that many, many creators, um, just for the heck of it, they'll have like a $5 a month, a $20 a month tier, and then they'll have a $500 a month tier that says like, all right, if you if you literally like paid me $500 a month to just to listen to my podcast, then you are going to be you are going to get the super MVP patron badge. And yeah. Um, I am going to like invite you on the show once every six months or something. Um, and you know, usually that kind of thing works. Like there are some, there's this tiny percent of your fan base that's willing to pay you a boatload of money. Just give them the option, just like put just, it there. Yeah. And if they want to spend a thousand bucks a month on your stuff, like great, do it, go for it. Um, like some, in in like the economics lingo this would be um like customer segmentation or price differentiation um the theory being that like 
a large number of people are typically willing to pay a small price and a small number of people are willing to pay a large price. Well, uh, if any business can segment those customers and charge each one the price that they're willing to pay, then the total revenue is maximized to the company. Same thing applies to a creator. If you can get every fan to pay as much as they are willing to pay, which is basically what Patreon does, it is a revenue maximizing like activity for the business. Uh, so yeah, Patreon is like- So a, there's another tip in there, which is yeah. like have a variety of price points or tiers. Exactly. In which yeah. like you, you listen, don't just have like $1 or $5. Exactly. Have now, it. There, there's a caveat there. Okay. Um, because uh, there's also the paradox- Always a caveat. There's the paradox of choice. And the yeah. paradox of choice says that if you want to buy some peanut butter and you walk into a supermarket and they have 50 kinds of, ke- of peanut butter, it's actually harder to make a choice than if you walk in a supermarket and they have three kinds of peanut butter. Um, so uh, there's a balance there. You don't want to have like 200 reward tiers on, on a Patreon page. Generally speaking, though, it's a good idea to have a nice broad selection uh, so that people who are willing to pay the big bucks. Yeah. Have so a, have here's a data question. What's the average number of? Average number of reward tiers? Yeah. I think amongst $1,000 creators, it's somewhere around six. I think that's, that's okay. my guess. And what about people who make less yeah. than 1000 um, because that would tell you if maybe they need to do more or less because maybe they're not. Yeah, it's less. It's lower. It's than less. That. Yeah, yeah. People who make less money off like tend to have fewer reward tiers. So is that sure. is, is that because maybe they're not maximizing their? In some cases, yes. But then you get into this interesting like cause and effect. Yeah, uh, it's and, like correlation like, versus causation. Exactly. So like if you took somebody who um like doesn't really care about their work and every six months happens to post something on their Patreon page uh, just for fun. Like it's a total side gig. Yeah. Then like if they made eight reward tiers, I, that probably wouldn't cause them to make more money. Sure. Like there are other things that are a bigger factor in like helping somebody grow their fan base and convert more of them to patrons. Yeah. Um, the, the number of reward tiers just helps, I think. What? It helps optimize it. And this may think just another uh, tactical question is, do you get, you just get paid no matter what, or do you get paid when you produce something? That's up to the artist. So you can set it up uh, as a per thing business. Like, yeah. um, you will pay me every time I release a chapter of this book. Okay. That's, uh, that's really effective for people who uh, release stuff every once in a while and where they don't want to feel pressured to release on a timeline. You can take your time whenever the thing is done, you release it and you get paid for it. The other way of running it is per month. So uh, whether you release a thing or not, your patrons will get charged the N dollars a month. Um, And uh, that can be effective for folks who release stuff on a regular basis. Like, let's suppose you draw a cute monster every day on your blog. And uh, you don't want to charge people per drawing. Because you're drawing like, all the time, every day. Yeah. <laughs> so you just like constantly be charging your patients. It's way easier to just set it up per month. But it seems like it would be less pressure to do it that way than to do it on a per thing basis. Because if I was only getting per pay, then I would feel pressure like, oh, I have to get. You, you know, you're totally right. And some people experience it in that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so it it varies by person. And you can you have the freedom to pick whichever method you want. Yeah. Um, what so connecting like you talked about connecting i mean how does that work within the platform is it just 
messaging like you said you know connect with your fans message your fans yeah yeah is that like posting commenting is it like enabling a video conversation yeah um so some of it happens on patreon you can message people you can share photos and videos uh and one cool thing about connecting with your fans on patreon uh like gosh anyone who watches youtube for example and like you check out a youtube video there are always trolls. The conversation uh, yeah, kind of sucks in some ways, or at least like it's hard to have a real intellectual debate on YouTube because someone is going to come in and just like shit all over your conversation. Basically, it's annoying. Um, Patreon doesn't have that because the only people who can see the post in the first place are your paying customers. So you've just filtered out all the people who might be trolls. And now you can actually have a conversation about something really meaningful and personal or intellectual or difficult or challenging uh, and not have all that awful stuff happen um, on the side. So uh, Patreon can be an effective way to connect with fans on the platform because you don't have trolls through messaging and posts and video. Um, the other thing about Patreon though, is that, uh, with Patreon, you can get, you know, your patrons, you can literally download their email addresses. Oh, wow. Like, let's say you have, you a give that away. Yeah, we give it away. Cause like, we think it's kind of bullshit that, uh, if you have a YouTube channel and you have like 5,000 fans, like they will never let you download their email addresses. Right. <laughs> cause, yeah. cause Google wants to own that relationship. Um, if you have a Facebook page and like a I mean, most marketplaces, like, yeah, they don't let you like on Spotify, you can't download a list of your followers, yeah. email or... addresses and send them an email. Um, but like one of the fundamental principles of Patreon is that like you run your business and we, we think it kind of sucks when other people try to run your business for you. Um, so that's one reason that, uh, that some people like Patreon is you can just download their email addresses and send them a note mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to have anything to do with Patreon. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Patreon, um, where we really try to focus is like helping people make money. We, we want to get creators paid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about making money. So yeah. you guys talk a lot about money. It's yeah. good because I, it's, it, you know, coming from sort of the fine art world and working with, you know, fine artists, they, um, I don't know. They don't like to like admit always that they want to make money. You know, it's like, it's yeah. funny because like you, the sell is like a nasty word. Like, yeah, like show your work is great. Sell your work is not great. Even though at the end of the day, like they need to make money and they want to make money. Yeah. Um, what, you know, where do you, do you see there being a copy? Like you're a VC backed company. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out Etsy, right? Like Etsy yeah. had like a really good story and message in the beginning. which like, we're going to empower like DIY. Yeah, and then at some point, their backers came in like, "You need to make more money, or we're going public." And their shareholders. Yeah, and so as a result, it shifted right where they let ch- people from China, like manufacturers, put on the platform, and it changed. Like, how yeah. do you guys think about that? And yeah, like, do you do you think about it? Do you see it as a challenge? That's oh yeah, we think about it all the time. Yeah, it's like, and it was it's always part of every fundraising effort that we do. Um, one. One nice thing about Patreon it is it has grown a lot. Uh, and so because our growth looks good, we're able to raise money on our terms. Yeah. We can be really selective in who in the people we pick as investors. Um, and so uh, what we always tell every investor is, look, like we're artists and we're here for artists. 
So uh, like we're a creator first company. Yeah. That means like we're going to do stuff that helps creators. Uh, and, and yeah, we've like maintained control over the board. Like we have enough voting rights where like people can't fire our CEO. Okay. Uh, and so we, we get to uh, do it our way. Um, I think uh, some folks say like, yeah, there, there's an argument that, hey, as a company grows and the stakes get higher for the business, um, then sometimes it has to make choices that aren't really in the interest of the customer. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that just depends on who your customer is. Okay. Um, like, uh, like I, I guess I think like Apple is a profit-seeking company that still makes good stuff. I'm like happy to pay for the yeah. iPhone because I think it's worth it. Um, and, uh, and so I think as long as our customer is the creator, then like, we're not going to do stuff that screws over creators. Otherwise, it's like bad for business. Yeah, I still believe that like doing stuff that's good for your customers is at the end of the day good for business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't expect any real trade-offs there for a while. Uh, yeah. Do you see? Um, do you also see like the backers? I mean, a lot are a lot of the patrons also creators? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess. It's a little easier to say it the other way that a lot of creators are also patrons. Yeah. Um, because there are boatloads of patrons and not all of them are creators. Um, there are a lot more fans than there are artists. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, some, some of the fans are creators themselves and many of the creators on the platform are also patrons themselves. Um, I think it like it's part of being in a community. I, a lot of podcasters, for example, listen to other podcasts. And so there's like this, oh, okay, cool. You're my patron. I'll become your patron. It's a, uh, yeah, it, it forms little communities yeah. on Patreon. Um, so, you know, thinking, so in on that note, I mean, do you guys see like patron, do you see there being more opportunity with bringing more pa uh, patrons on or more creators on or both? Like, do you see it as like this like huge green yeah. field? It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, so uh, when artists join patreon most of the patrons that an artist gets are patrons that they get uh, so like uh if you were to if if a podcast were to launch on patreon and then announce it to all of the podcast's fans yeah that's, that's really what brings the patrons to patreon yeah um we we can't like go out as Patreon and like advertise on your behalf because people don't really know us or trust us as much as they know and trust you Interesting. as the artist. Like I could walk up to somebody on the street right now and be like, hey, there's this really cool platform, Patreon. Like you can support artists. Uh, I, I bet my conversion rate sucks out there on the street. Yeah. But if, if, an, if, if an artist goes out to the fans who really love them and says like, hey, if you really love my stuff, then you should become a patron that's the most effective way to recruit more patrons to the yeah. site. Um, so yeah, like artists bring patrons to the site. That's how that works. That, I mean, and, and that's huge. And it sounds, um, and, and I mean, I'm like from a data thing, cause I like to geek out on that. I mean, it's interesting. Like, how do you measure that? Like, is it almost like you look at like time from like sign up to like yeah. donating or something to be like, Oh, this person definitely came with them. Like, it's probably a difficult thing to do. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
We survey people. Yeah. Okay. Like we literally survey hundreds of thousands of patrons every month. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like ask them why did you pledge? Why why did you become a patron this month? Uh, and so you can see like ninety percent of them or ninety five percent of them said like I came with that because and, the creator because the creator asked me to. And then and then on average each patron is a patron to two to two creators. About, yeah, right. There's said, a very wide distribution. That's yeah. That's, so the that's like one. Like the tail yeah. is like one for a lot, and then a few yeah. people have like a hundred creators they support. Wow. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's going back though to like thinking about the the money things. You like money. You guys recently changed talked about changing your pricing. Strategy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and a pessimistic person would say, "Oh, it came right after you you raised money." Totally. Yeah. Um yeah. Was was that why? Yeah. I so that's why the optics of this. That's part of the reason that the optics were bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I really didn't want people to think that. Um at the end of the day, I I honestly don't know if Patreon would have made more or less money as a result of this change. Yeah. Um and I'm like the head of finance. I've built like the most sophisticated models for Patreon to figure out what this would do for our financials. And it's like kind of a wash. I I don't know. Um, The reason, so. So yeah, why why did you do it? Here's what happened. Um, Oh, look, now I got you lively. Now you're like, you're you're ready to go here. (laughs) Yeah, well, I love this. This is like, this is like my passion in life is to like help figure this out. So, um, okay. Artists didn't want, the artists don't like it when people steal their stuff. They don't want people stealing their stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, one one issue uh, on Patreon that we're working through right now is um, in some cases, an artist can can have a Patreon page and a person can pledge to that artist on, say, August 21st and get access to the content as a patron at whatever level they pledged at. And they won't be charged until the first of the subsequent month. So if you pledge on August 21st, you can get access to the content and then delete your pledge on August 30th and not actually get charged for it. Um, and uh, and this is not fun for no. artists. They don't like the pledge and ditch issue. Um, Dude, there's so many good terminology that yeah. you have. There. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So you, you, probably, you probably ask, well, why don't you just charge the patron when they create their pledge? Yeah. Um, so the reason we don't do that is because uh, we like to aggregate pledge payments. Uh, so if you support five artists at the same time, we like to run all five charges at this at once. Yeah. That way, the transaction fees are lower. Yeah. Because the transaction fees on a one dollar pledge are like thirty eight percent or something. Like yeah. they're they're ridiculously high. So if you can take those and aggregate them in a one charge at the first of each month, then you can save creators a lot of money. Um, so that's why we also like aggregating payments on the first of each month. Okay, but we did build a workaround for this at Patreon that we call charge up front, which is you charge the patron when they create their pledge. Now, the thing is, we like the aggregation too. So if you pledge to a creator with charge up front turned on on the 21st, you get charged on the 21st, and then you get charged again on the first of the subsequent month, yeah. and then on the first every month thereafter. Yeah, it's like prorated for that first. But it's not prorated. Because oh. how would you prorate it? Because the thing is, like, if let's suppose they pledge on the 21st, uh, and you say, well, they're only paying for nine extra days, so I'm going to only charge nine over 30 uh, times the pledge amount. Yeah. Well, then theoretically, people could wait until the 29th of the month, pledge, pay like 
ascend, which doesn't make any sense from payment transaction yeah, anyway. No pun intended. And then ditch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the proration is actually a little bit complicated if you were to do it. Okay. Um, and uh, and so uh, what we wanted to do, which is actually what a lot of folks uh, generally expect, is you pledge on the 21st, and then we'll just charge you on the 21st each month thereafter. Just like with yeah. Spotify, if you like sign up on the first or on the seventh, then you pay yeah, on the seventh each month. Okay. So that's what we were going to do. Uh, and the problem with that is that transaction fees now go up, right? Like, because yeah. we're going to, we're going to lose some of the benefits of aggregation. And now like patrons are going to get charged like throughout the month. If you pledge to one person on the seventh and a different person on the 13th and a different person on the 15th. Then you're getting charged like on three different days instead yep. of aggregating the charge on the first of each month. So this would cause overall transaction fees to go up on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And many artists already don't like transaction fees as high as they are. So uh, we thought, okay, uh, what if we took the transaction fee and instead of t uh, taking it out of the creator's share, we added a transaction, we yeah. added a service fee to the pledge amount. Um, and, uh, so this basically means that if a patron pays a dollar on Patreon, uh, whereas today the artist would take home like, I don't know, 55 cents of it, uh, instead in this new system, the patron would be charged a dollar and 55 cents. Patreon still takes five cents either way. Our, so our 5% like, doesn't yeah. care. and then the artist would keep 95 cents instead of 55 cents. Um, so we ran a bunch of experiments to see what would happen if we told patrons that they were going to pay this extra service fee, yeah. uh, because we knew that it was going to impact some of the pledge conversion rate. Uh, like if, if you said, sure. oh, this is going to, sorry, if this is a long answer, no, this, this is, is like I mean, actually this is super freaking complicated. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it is. I yeah. mean, um, but what's good, what's coming out is like, yeah. you, this was like a, a thoughtful decision, which was like my oh, next yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so, you you made that clear. So we ran all these experiments and basically proved that in most cases artists would take home more money if we passed these fees onto patrons yeah. and stopped passing the fees onto creators. Yeah. Now you then your question is, yeah, but so what does this do for Patreon as a company? Like where does its revenue end up netting out? Yeah. So Patreon takes 5% of the pledge amount either way. Yeah. Um once once we passed these fees onto patrons, though, we knew that fewer patrons would pledge, right? Because the conversion rate would go down. Yeah. Uh, so we would be taking 5% of a smaller number. So that contributes to Patreon's revenue going down. Uh, but then that is offset to some extent uh, by the standard fee that we would charge to patrons because... Uh, not all patrons use the same payment processing system. Some patrons okay. pay with PayPal. Some people pay with Stripe. Yeah. And the PayPal and Stripe fees vary by region. So if you're like an international patron and a big part of Patreon's business is international. Yeah. So like, uh, so, so there was a whole variety of fees that would be assessed on these pledges. Um, we wanted to just pick one standard pro processing fee, no matter where you were or if you moved the fee wouldn't change yeah. or like changed your address the fee wouldn't change um so we picked one standard fee that uh that would offset the true costs most of the time okay so 
at the end of the day, yes, Patreon would earn some margin on that uh, spread out across the entire patron base. Um, where we would lose money in some cases and make a little money in some cases. And that's where you said, like, you don't really know. But, like, essentially, yeah. at the end of the day, based on, like, your best guess, it was that yeah. Patreon would – it would be roughly a wash. Yeah. But that patrons would actually make more. Patrons would spend more Sorry, money. Sorry, patrons would spend more. Creators and therefore, would, creators would take home more money. Yeah. And even if that yeah. – and, like, yeah, they might have lost a little bit on conversion, but that would have been made up on, like, the yeah. cost of – and you fix the pledge and ditch but issue you, you so that people don't steal your stuff. Steal your stuff. And you fix the charge schedule okay. issue so, so the charge schedule won't Now, all that being said, <laughs> yeah. people went freaking crazy. Yeah, they, they did went not like nuts. this. This is really bad. And, like, yeah. and just like two sentences, like, why did they go nuts? Yeah, yeah. Why did they go nuts? What was it they didn't like? They felt like you guys were going to make more money. Uh, I, I think actually the biggest issue was we didn't talk to creators enough about okay. this. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Like, uh, we didn't, like, you didn't really communicate. Go, we didn't your... communicate with the artists in advance. Yeah. Instead, it was like this email. It was like, hey, guess what? In like four days or something really short, yeah. we are going to turn this on. Yeah. Um, and uh, that sucked. We should have given. So people just people felt like, like, whoa, I've been blindsided. I've been blindsided. You know, I don't just... have enough time to prepare. Yeah. And I wasn't even consulted on this. Yeah. Um, that was one issue. The second issue is, Oh, and by the way, I don't want you to do this anyway. Like, yeah. I don't. I'm happy to pay these fees. Don't pass my fee. Don't pass additional fees to my patrons. Got it. Um, it, and I think that the core issue there is like we have to respect the fact that um, like creators really want to run and control their business on Patreon. Yeah. And with Patreon like coming in and charging a fee to their customers. That kind of it rubs tampers, it tampers yeah. with their control over their business. Yeah. Um, if anything, we should have given them a choice about what to do and made it an option so that they yeah. can just that decide make, what That'd be what messy for you, though. It, you know. it would make the Patreon side really yeah. complicated. But like, I think the second issue, the reason this blew up is because... Um, it's because like we we didn't respect the control that creators should have over sure. the business. But you guys had some level of conviction over what you're doing. Like, are you now going back to your creators and saying like, "Hey, this is why we did it"? I mean, you said we're not going to do this, but yeah. like, are you thinking about like going back and saying, "Hey, here's why we want to do this"? Like, maybe it's a good idea. Yeah. So um, there are elements of this idea that I had. Like the pay and ditch. The thing. point, the objective of yeah. this is right. Yeah. Like, we don't want people to steal creative yeah. stuff and we want the charge schedule to make sense to yeah. people. Um, so uh, what we're doing now is working with more creators face to face in yeah. groups yeah. to try and co create a solution to this problem. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, yeah, it's actually very hard because so many creators they run their Patreon things. page in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and then I also think, I imagine that the solution we implement will probably need to include some sort of flexibility so that every creator can like run it their own way. Yeah. Which yeah. makes your job harder, but is, is a good way to go about it. Yeah. Okay, so Jack is a musician, you're a musician, a lot, you know, the early teens musicians. It was kind of created with musicians in mind, right? But... um like, where do you see it going now? So, like, podcasting, you talked a lot about. Yeah. Like, you talked about international is actually a large part. So, like, just yeah. like growth overall or, like, you know, where where's yeah. it going? You know, it was pretty clear even from day one yeah. when Patreon launched that this was not just a musician thing. Yeah. This was people who have fans online. Yeah. Thing. Um. So, like, yes, Jack is a musician, uh, but 
even from the start, like music is a pretty small part of Patreon's overall oh, okay. platform. Um, What's the biggest category? Well, see, that's the thing. It's like spread pretty evenly across okay. a bunch of categories. Um, writing and publishing and journalism is a is a big one. Yeah. Um, that's pretty big. Podcasting is another. Web comics and illustrators. Uh, there are just a lot of people who make web comics and like <coughs> illustrate a cute monster every day and, and they have a lot of fans. Uh, YouTubers, people who make videos yeah. for a living. Like it can be everything from like guitar tutorial videos or like science videos uh or like uh how to build a house <laughs> that's so cool. or how to sail around the world yeah. um, like people who make videos yeah. basically is another really big category um beyond that uh let me see I, i'm sure i'm missing some there are like there's a does anyone do how to draw videos how to like videos draw. about draw. how to draw how to draw yeah so this actually gets into the whole like challenge of categorizing people yeah. because is that an illustration category or is it like the video, video category, category yeah, yeah. Um, but for sure there are like i mean there are videos about anything you can imagine yeah <laughs> the, the internet is so diverse and and weird and special that yeah like, anything you can imagine yeah i'm sure there's videos about how to draw with uh your feet or something it's just something <laughs> something weird well yeah. and so what about i mean because like the background of this podcast comes more from sort of like the fine art world and and paintings uh, and yeah right and how technology is helping that category i mean do you see you know painters and photographers yeah yeah on patreon oh yeah yeah so uh i think so one thing about painting and fine art and sculpture and yeah. things like that is that uh in many cases the work is not digital yeah uh the work itself and so uh what a lot of fine artists do on patreon is they'll sell the window into the creative process yeah uh, like for example Shay are, these are all golden nuggets yeah. you're dropping here this is good okay. like shayla maddox is an artist um she creates paintings and uh some other really cool stuff um if you're a patron of shayla's then you get access to these live streams where she'll show you in the studio how she creates her work yeah um and and a lot of people are happy to pay for that kind of window into that into that world it's like the behind the scenes view you love that yeah. uh, of your of your favorite like, artist. i mean like artists yeah. how they were patronizing the past was like you know you would yeah i mean give them a studio generally someone would give them a space and this and like part of it was just like oh you know as a wealthier person they could go like and visit the artists and see them creating in their studio and then uh sometimes artists uh offer a print as a reward okay. so like hey if you're my patron at 10 bucks a month then every three months i'll send you a print or a postcard or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh of the work and then um sometimes they'll say like if you want to own this work then patrons get first dibs on buying it oh that's cool okay so these are good any, yeah. any other tips for this category um if not i mean these are all these are all really helpful yeah, I, I think it's it's also like for anyone who wants tips about it, you can always like go to patreon.com slash explore and explore mm. fine art uh, and yeah. like, see what creators are doing uh, in your yeah, category. Yeah, see what they're offering. About it. Yeah. What, um, all right, that's good. Any, so anything else? Like, what, tell us about 
Patreon, future, yeah, one year, five years, um, ten years, yeah, a hundred years. I think uh, so. Patreon's mission is to fund creators. Yeah, uh, I think that um, in the in the near future, uh, we'll always be building stuff that helps creators make money, mm-hmm. get paid. In the near future, I think um, I, I think international expansion and uh, w- will be a big part of that. That's like. Um, offering better language support, currency conversion, and like accepting money in your own currency and and uh, avoiding some fees there uh, will be a big piece. Um, I think that uh, a better mobile experience is in our future. Um, I also think that like merchandise is an obvious way that many artists like to make money, and incorporating incorporating merchandise into the notion of subscription payments and patronage is. Uh, it's something that many artists already do on Patreon. Many, like Phil DeFranco is a YouTuber. He, If you're a patron for 30 bucks a month, you get a signed poster every few months. Um, so many artists already offer like physical goods as a part of their rewards to yeah. patrons. Um, but we can make that way easier uh, for artists. So like patron-only merchandise yeah. uh, is one. And then over the five-year period, there's just so much <laughs> stuff that we could do. Um, I think some of the um, some of the exciting stuff is um, many Patreon creators are small businesses. They have five to ten employees. Uh, they have they lease office space, um, and so anything that would help a small business uh, is something that we could offer on Patreon. So, like, do your taxes, get a loan, offer health insurance to yeah. your employees. Like, a loan is a pretty obvious one because like. Patreon has data that no other company has about your income. Um, and so, and it's also often difficult for an artist to go get a loan. Cause if you've been a musician your whole life and you don't have like W2s from your employer that you can go yeah. show at the bank, well then like if we could partner with a lender who would understand and accept like Patreon income as a proof of income um, and actually a very reliable one at that, then like, Maybe we can help artists get a better deal on loans. That's awesome. Um, there, there's all kinds of stuff like yeah. that uh, that I think we can do in our in our like three to five year future. This is exciting. Yeah. It's, it's really I'm awesome. excited. Are you excited? <laughs> Heck yeah! All right, we yeah. just got we just got to make sure we always communicate with our with our creators. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, this has yeah. been so much fun. Before I let you go, we're gonna do a rapid fire. Let's do it. All right, who's your favorite creator on Patreon right now? Ryan Lerman. He's a guitar player. I just absolutely love his songwriting. All right. Ryan Lerman. If you had a superpower, what would it be and why? I would like to be able to clean the atmosphere and water very quickly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think access to clean water and, and clean air would be like really helpful for a lot of people. All right. It's, that is a first. That's a good one. <laughs> What's your life motto or saying you like to go by? Try hard. Always try your hardest, no matter what. All right. No matter what you do, just bust your ass. <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah. Carlos, this has been such a pleasure. Where can we find you? Where can we find Patreon? Uh, well, find me at Patreon. <laughs> That's pretty much my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Not literally, but yeah. like online. Online. Um, Patreon.com. Oh Patreon.com. Like, Twitter oh gosh. is what? 
Patreon. Yeah, if you just search Carlos Cabrera on Patreon. Um, I'm not like that big a creator. I honestly spend most of my time uh, trying to make Patreon better. Okay. (laughs) Okay, but so Patreon's at Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Check out Patreon. And on Twitter at Patreon or Patreon HQ or what you know. Yeah, I don't even remember what our Twitter handle is. Beautiful. Hey, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Cool. Yeah, thanks. I enjoyed it too. So don't forget to visit Patreon at patreon.com or on Twitter at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it. Leaving a review is super easy and it helps listeners like you discover the podcast. Oh yeah, and don't forget to check us out at State of the Art on Twitter for behind the scenes photos, a sneak peek to next week's episode, and really cool art videos you're gonna wanna show your friends. Thanks again to Vango for sponsoring this episode and to all of you for listening. Remember, if you're an artist looking to create more or a buyer wanting to enrich your home with original art, visit vangoart.co slash podcast and save 30%.